Dan, have I ever mentioned to you that I hate oak firewood? Oh, I think maybe once or twice you've maybe touched on it a little bit. <laughs> once or once or twice a phone call. Yeah, I I just I just don't like oak firewood, but however, however, I have this uh area of my driveway between my house and my barn and it's going into the entrance of my barn and it shows up in some of my videos on youtube but i by habit will build a a snow fence and i usually use oak firewood because you know what the heck i'll just let it sit there for a couple years and then i'll replace it Ah. and today I had a sale, so I thought, you know, I'm tired of looking at this. It's been here for two years. I uh, loaded it into my truck, and oh my gosh, it almost changed my mind about oak firewood. Wow. Yeah, that must awesome. have been some spectacular firewood. It was awesome. There wasn't a mushroom to be seen, and it was just dry, and the the noise you know the clank yeah oh i was just gonna ask did it make that nice sound yes uh, yeah you know you can i can still feel that oak firewood in my in my hand it just just was awesome wow <laughs> i'm serious this uh the customer i'll be delivering it tomorrow i'm gonna tell him too that he's got the nicest load of firewood probably you know this side of the mississippi this year this uh, you cannot find a nicer load of firewood than this and it was it was all it's exactly 16 inches the splits are just perfect no mushrooms dry as a bone all oak no dirt no dust no nothing just awesome i don't know i'm i'm thinking i'm hearing you maybe you're gonna start stacking more oak and I think you're starting to turn a turn a page on oak. Nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but it's not like I can't, you know, recognize awesomeness and beauty when I see it and I saw it. Wow, that is that is amazing to hear from you. But yeah, it's sat glad. there for two years. So how long until you reconstruct the snow fence now? Well, I just loaded my live deck today with oak so i haven't run the machine yet but uh it could be up by later this evening or tomorrow depends oh, on really? the weather yeah oh okay i i you know so there has when you stack firewood it i think it really does it's okay i think the best thing to do for firewood is stacking it do you agree yes yep 100 percent yeah, but it also, I think it also matters too where you stack it, you know? Um, like this one area I used to stack was by the pine trees, and I don't know what the heck happened to it, but like all those pine needles would get in it. Oh, don't it's even. just like yeah. weird stuff, you know? At least where this was stacked, I mean, it is out in the open. It's just, you know, and that's why I put it there because the wind just whips through this area and it cuts down on drifting by the opening to my barn and the sun gets on it on both sides it's just ideal and that's why i think stacking it you can't beat it but it also matters where you stack it 
Yes. Now, was this a single row or a double row? This was a double row. Double row. Okay. Yeah. And it was yep. two chords. Uh, two chords. Okay. Uh, I kept about a... Uh, you know, I had an old timer tell me, he says, you know, you always stack your wood, uh, with a gap big enough for a mouse to get through, but I left a bigger gap in this cause I knew it'd be sitting there for a long time and I didn't want to have, you know, the too close to where it wouldn't dry out and you'd start getting mushrooms growing on it. Yeah. I, yeah. I hear you completely on the, I have a couple stacks that are under a pine tree and they are a mess just it's just a mess the mm -hmm. pine the pine needles i think like don't fully allow if it gets rained on they don't let it dry out as good and they kind of hold moisture and you know it's just an organic organic material that ends up i think really hurting the firewood that i have that stack there but it's it's not good <laughs> yeah i have had oak that had been stacked for a long time and when you know, I go to move it, you know, there's, I don't know, like some of the oak, like the bark will come off in like one big sheet and I would, the, the, oak, the bark would fall off and there'd be a bunch of, of ant eggs underneath it. Like these red ants for some reason, love oak. Um, and then like, and that's what I got away from covering my firewood because I would leave it, the stuff covered. And I just think it adds to like the filth and the junk uh, that gets on firewood. And in this case here with this load that I just stacked in my truck, it was uncovered and just exposed to the elements for two years. And it's just clean, gorgeous firewood. <laughs> and it's oak. <laughs> yeah. And it's oak. Oh. And that's what makes me wonder too. You know, I, t I got away from, I got away from covering firewood now. And this is the wood that I'm selling. Even my own wood that I burn, I still don't cover it. The only time I'll cover it is when I know, you know, a big storm's coming and I want to burn it today or tomorrow. I don't know. I think that there's probably science involved here, but I just, I kind of think wood getting rained on and snowed on, I think it's good for it. I actually, I have heard that. I've heard that it kind of helps wick the moisture out or something, but like a I, convection. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's a whole, that's a, that's a pretty, um, I don't want to say hot topic, but it's just something that I think is often de uh, debated and discussed whether or not you should tarp your wood stacks or leave them open to the elements. And I, th I think there's more to it than just tarping or not tarping. And you touched on it. It was location of the stack. Like, you know, if it gets rained on and it's sunny the next day, does that sun then dry out your stack of wood? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I don't worry about, the wood getting rained on. If the firewood gets wet, guess what? It's going to dry off. Yeah. <laughs> and it just seems that that rain getting onto it, it kind of washes away the dust and the dirt. And, like, I think critters and bugs, you know, will, like, pull up a bunch of stuff from the ground and get it up into the wood. And it just seems like all the rain and the wind blowing through, it just keeps it cleaner. And how... how uh how big a spacing do you leave between your rows? Like not like, like if you do two rows, how close then is the next stack? Yeah. So I learned this the hard way. So I stack everything on pallets 
and I just put two rows on a pallet. So just lay down a whole, just lay down some pallets in a straight line. I will stack one row on the right edge of it and I'll stack the other row on the left edge of it. So the gap is probably about six inches to eight inches, depending on the width of the pallets. Right. Uh huh. I had learned the hard way. I started getting, I started cheating and I was getting them too close together. <laughs> and I wasted, I wasted a bunch of fire. It all molded. We had a real wet summer and it just, oh, it's disgusting. And that smell, I can still smell it. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> yeah. So I, I go with a bigger gap now. That I, I learned the exact same thing. I tried to go three rows on a pallet where the outside rows were kind of hanging off maybe four inches each. Yes. And that the middle row I found just did not season as good. It's just too tight, too packed together. Yeah. But you know, the traditional way of stacking a cord is three rows anyways. Yeah. And I just know, cause I had all of, I had probably about 10 rows in a row and they were stacked the width of my hand. So like when I would lay the next row down up against the row behind it, I would use the width of my hand is how far the gap would be between the rows. And it was about the fifth or sixth row in was where the mold was starting. Mm, okay. Yeah. But yeah. it was still, an, you know, I put too much effort and too much work and I, re I leaned too heavily on the quality of this wood, you know, when it dries out in six months. And I got the space too. So I just said, you know, the heck with this, I'm going to go with larger gaps. Yeah. And you, so and you have, you're pretty much open, full sun, full wind. Yeah. Yeah. I sit on a ridge and it's, <laughs> I never realized how windy it is where I'm at until, you know, I started doing videos because you know, you <laughs> it's hard to film, you know, when the wind's blowing and, uh, but you know, that's one of the, I think one of the beneficial things of where I live is the, the wind. We get a lot of it. Yeah. I, I'm, I, my, uh, my buddy, Rick, his wood yard is full sun, full wind. I mean, and his wood dries, he doesn't cover his either. You know, it's same yeah. thing, but his, his stuff dries. It seems like instantly. It's just, uh -huh. there's so much sun and so much wind. And that location is the key. Like back in my wood yard where I had issues, it was under a pine tree. It was shaded for half the day. So really it only got like, you know, morning sun. And if it would get wet and rained on, like, I think that that plays a big factor because that water gets down in the stack and then it doesn't dry out for a couple of days. It can start discoloring the wood. I mean, I had like this wood that was just black and slimy. Ugh. Ugh yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. That is um, that is a perennial question. I get a lot of comments too on my on my channel about, you know, do you cover your wood up? I have seen and I have been told that if you do cover your wood, all you do is you fold your tarp up and lay it across the top of your stack so that it doesn't go down the sides of it. And that would keep, you know, water and snow from working its way down through it. Yes. But then the faces are open for the wind to blow through. Um, so I don't know. I've done that too, but you know, I was, starting this whole covering program and stuff. And I was spending all this money on tarps. And that was also when I was stacking my wood to measurement in my yard and buying these T posts and gee whiz. 
(laughs) I just got away from all that. And I just, I don't see if there is a benefit to covering your firewood, I think it's, you know, at a scientific level to where you and me and us normal people would not appreciate it because it just seems that just stacking wood and just going with it is is good enough i occasionally <laughs> will find like a, a a lost stack you know i got like a couple stacks that are out <laughs> in the high grass i for, totally forgot all about them and they're still good you know because oh, yeah. they were just yep. stacked out or off the ground um and that's where i think you know that getting that bottom row off the ground too don't sacrifice those bottom ones because when you think about how much wood is on the bottom of your wood pile that's a lot of that's a lot of wood yeah and oh you know, yeah i think if you lay down two by fours or just finding pallets which is what i do because they're free uh it just makes everything so much nice that wood just dries out and it's such a nice i just love seasoned firewood yeah see i i have a little structure that i built to store and season uh the wood in that i sell on the roadside stand and and i am willing to bet that some of actually all of that wood i think it would come in with a close tie maybe second actually maybe it might beat your oak is how beautiful it was <laughs> it is just i mean that stuff is just great it looks so clean and so that's why i i'm kind of on a mission to build another one of those and just keep the rain and the snow and the leaves and the pine needles and everything off of the wood because it it does make a difference i mean i wonder about your place and I've never been there, but it looks like it's pretty wooded and shady. Yeah. And I don't know. I can't help but think that, you know, because I see situations like yours where people will stack it between trees, you know. I can't help but think <laughs> that that just fills up with junk after a while. Yeah, I think. And that's like I said, I think it comes down to uh, location, again, is a huge factor when you're, you know, trying to decide whether or not you're going to cover your, your stacks. Like, yeah, Uh I don't, I don't have a great location. I will admit that. And I had learned the hard way. I don't, I don't think I invented this, but you know, if I can take credit for it, I would about the benefits of stacking your wood uh, facing North and South. And I had learned that with this Oak that I was leaving stacked because I used to stack it facing East and West. And then, other areas, you know, it was facing north and south. And I always noted that the the logs, the face of the logs on the north side were growing mushrooms. And now this is oak, you know, stuff that sat there for a long time. And that's because the, the north side of your stack doesn't get any sun. So that's why I think it's important. If you were going to be leaving that wood out for a long time, you stack it facing north-south. Uh, that way the sun gets on both sides and it keeps uh, mushrooms down this stack that i had just um of oak you know that i just put in my truck that's the way it was facing north and south and when you say facing north and south though you mean the edges of your stack are facing east and west yeah the, so, yeah, the uh, orientation of your yeah. stack goes from south to north yes it's stacked yeah. north to south but the, it's facing actually like the sides of it are facing east west <laughs> you're complicating it <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that, yeah. So think of it that way. If it was, you know, if it was stacked east to west, 
you know, the sun's only shining on the south side. Of right. The north, the north <clears throat> yep. side never gets any sun. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then your wood ends up having one side nice and gray, and the other side is like freshly cut. It just it has that. Well, yeah, when it, it gets gross, you know. Yeah. That's where you're, especially like oak, which is kind of an acidic wood. Yep. Have you ever like split open an oak log and right where your wedge or your maul hit the wood, it turns like a purple color? Pay yes. attention to that next time. That's from the acid in the in the wood and and just you know that short amount of time with the steel of the um you know of your of your axe hitting it it turns color yeah yeah and i think that is you know a uh, a condition that can let mushrooms grow yeah. again this is all science we need to get a scientist on this channel dan because i got a bunch of questions i just think i'm right but you know, science might say otherwise. I don't know if science has really ever proven anything, though. So we might. <laughs> <laughs> As we talk on our cell phones and our and our our web uh, web That's browser right. here. Yeah, yeah we sh we, sh we definitely should look into that because I think. Um, and again, I think it, it's even location as far as like where you are located in on the globe. I mean, I think that's another sure factor. Well, they always say that the factors that play in a log seasoning out is time, temperature, sunlight, and wind. Yep. But, you know, what we we all know and we've experienced that wood can also dry out in the wintertime. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if wind or sun, which of those is the the bigger of the two? Yeah. Hmm. I think it'd be wind. I think so too. I yeah. think that does a but, lot. Yeah. I, um, in the summertime, like in the evenings, I'll go out with my push mower, you know, and mow in between the, in the rows and you can feel the heat coming off those logs though. You know, that they have absorbed all that heat from the day and then they're, they're radiating that heat in the evening when you walk through it. So I'm sure that has, you know, the, the sun and the heat obviously, well, what the heck? I mean, that's yeah. like a kiln, you know? Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, do you, do you, uh, so even during the winter, you don't, well, how much snow do you, you don't get a lot of snow usually though, do you? Uh, we live in the uh, part of the country called the snow belt. <laughs> so you don't, you don't worry then about, cause I know that some people will only cover during the winter to keep the snow off the top of their stacks. Yeah. I think that is reasonable i think covering your firewood is reasonable i'm just saying i have learned from my experiences that it doesn't provide any value to you know, specific to the seasoning of the wood covering it because a storm's coming i think makes total sense and you know i will cover some wood out here that i know i'm going to be loading into my truck in a couple of days just because it keeps all the snow off of me and my gloves when i'm loading it up so you don't if you tarp something, it's just, you know, a storm is coming yes. and you know, you're going to be selling that wood. It's not to put the tarp on in October and take it off in no. April. Okay. No, not at all. I think when you have a volume that I do too, there's a lack of practicality, you know? Um, but you know, when my customers even ask me, they ask me, you know, do you think I should cover my wood? I tell them no, you know? 
I said, and I tell them the same thing. I would only cover it if you know you're going to burn it tonight and it's supposed to snow just to keep yeah. the snow off of it. Yeah. I just don't see any value in covering it. Anyhow, like there's, yeah, it's just a debate about, you know, you hear people that swear by stacking bark up, bark down. Oh um, my goodness. Uh huh. And that's what all of the different things I, if there is a benefit to one of them, I don't think it is, you know, something that any reasonable person could, could recognize. You know, unless you had <laughs> yeah. a micro, if you had a microscope <laughs> and some very sensitive, you know, uh, machines that measure moisture content, I just don't see any value because, you know, with extra time, effort and money involved to cover firewood and, you know, it may be binnable, just something that you enjoy doing and go for it. But I just don't see any benefit. You have no idea how many comments I have gotten that I have stacked my wood wrong. Yeah. Because the bark was down. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and yeah, I would like sometimes, and it's just sometimes the comment is just, you did that wrong. I was like, what did I do? What, you know, so come to find out, yep. But the thing is, is that it's like on the bottom of the stack. So, you know, like I, I sometimes will put the bark down for my very first row just because I find, you know, sometimes it just sits better. I just, but I did it wrong. I was like, you stacked that wood the wrong way. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, what? Uh. I had a comment the other day. Uh, I was showing my trailer that was loaded. And so this is a, just the practice that I have in my truck and the trailer. I've gotten away on the very top when the stack is done. I will turn all of the logs bark down. And that is simply because, you know, some maples and, uh, you know, some wood, the bark will fly off when you're driving down the highway. It can catch, you know, some air and then just yep. blow off going yep. down the road. So what I have done is I, when I get to the top of my row, I turn all the bark down so I don't have to worry about that. It's just a thing, you know, that's, so I don't, um, smash someone's windshield with, with my name and phone number on the side of my truck, you know? And someone had said, Oh, I see that you do it exact opposite by stacking your bark down, you know? And I, um, laughed. I was saying, well, I just stack it because, you know, I don't see any value with it being up or down to begin with, but what you were seeing here was by design at the top. You know, I just turned all the bark face down. <laughs> oh Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's, it's, uh, it's one of the, and, and then the, like, I think you mentioned it, you like stacking, you find stacking is the only way to season firewood properly. Well, that's what, I mean, obviously there's a debate out there. I think it's the best way and it's the most cost effective way Yep. until I see otherwise, you know, and that's what I know that there's a lot of different systems out there and, like, for instance, the big bags that you had experimented with, I just, I think when I saw your video of those moldy logs that you had pulled out, and how long were they in that bag? Uh, it was a little over a year. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if that thing was set out in the sun more or whatever. I'm just saying that if you are turning over your wood, you know, you're making it and selling it by the end of the week or the end of the month. Okay. I think the big bags might make sense, especially if you can get the customer to, you know, foot the bill, you know, and they're paying for the bag too. 
Um, but I just, I leave my, my wood sits too long and there's, I just, there's no way I would use those bags. I just don't see them ever working for me. Yeah. I think you need to be in the right situation and obviously you need the right equipment and I, I did not have good luck with them. Uh And I don't even think, you know, I would need a different tractor. I'm sure my tractor couldn't pick them up and you know, yep. I would still have to load them. And then, you know, my customers okay, aren't unload the type them. that want them. Yeah, my customers don't want that big bag sitting in the middle of their driveway. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, they they are definitely one option. I know the IBC totes are another big option. Um, and Too I expensive. sometimes, <laughs> yeah, I sometimes just question the, you know, like when you stack an IBC tote full of wood, the only advantage you gain is then being able to just, I guess, move that stack around. Yeah. But uh, I think it could work for me in some circumstances. You know, if I had it loaded up, I could, in theory, fork it up to my truck, up in the air, and then I could unload it into the back of my truck like that. Yeah. But I don't know. That's what I just think. They're too expensive. You need a lot sure of them. They would, yeah, you need a lot of them. And, you know, you're going to have all these big white plastic boxes laying around your yard. <laughs> <laughs> they they do come in handy for me bringing wood to my boiler because I just toss it in loose and then just park the tote next to my boiler. So that's yes. nice, you know, for yeah. personal use. I have but, put them to work in my yard because I keep my out, off, you know, my off cuts go into them and then I... But like this time of the year, the ground's too soft. I can't fork them over to my woodshed because my tractor will sink up to its axles. Well, you got four-wheel drive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Growing up deer hunting with my dad, he always pointed out to me it was the guys with the four-wheel drive trucks that were the first ones to get stuck. Yep. Four-wheel drive just means four wheels are spinning. Yeah. yeah. So Dan, I was just something that was on my mind. I was actually starting to like oak firewood. So I have always recognized, you know, oak is a great firewood. It's great BTU. It smells nice, I guess, when it's seasoned out. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, I've just learned to hate it. Um, if, cause my customers don't care about BTUs and I get tired of looking at it sitting over here for two years before I can sell it. And then, of course, I don't like the smell. Ugh, gross. But that wood that I stacked today, I think it was just, it's just stacked in an ideal spot. It has constant sun, constant wind. And you know, it, it sat there for two years and gee whiz, not a mushroom to be found. I, It's normal when I'm loading my truck, there'll be an occasional log that I'll look at it and I go, eh, I can't deliver this and I'll throw it off to the side. And, uh, but not this stuff. It's just all oh, just beautiful wow and the stack served a purpose it did that was another big thing jeez yeah yeah it did and it's just kind of weird now because it's wide open you know it's almost (laughs) like a privacy fence and a snow fence all in one so i uh that's what i needed to get that um that oak made up this is like when i think about i got i got like two triaxle loads of oak logs that have been sitting back there forever it's just like, I just can't get myself to make them because I'm thinking I could make maple instead and I'll be ready to sell this, you know, in a few months. 
<laughs> it's yep. just, you know, that I'm making this oak and I was like, what the heck for? It's just going to sit here forever, you know? And then, and then that, that kind of one thing I've kind of been thinking about is then when you talk about something like oak and if you're making a lot of it, you're selling a lot of it and you're not putting in the time to properly season it, like at some point, do you start selling too much to where your product and quality suffer? But whose responsibility really is that? You know, like that's an interesting thing I've, yeah. when it comes to seasoning, covering firewood. Like you say, like your oak turned out beautiful. It's great looking firewood, but you put in the time to get it that way. Yeah. And I'm going to charge accordingly too. Oh, and there you go. See? Yeah, but it's still not worth it. You know, I mean, what the heck? I'm, I'm serious. You know what? I'm going to get an extra 20 or something bucks for it. You know, it ain't worth it for but it to, you're, to sit you, there all that time. And, but you're you know, able and, to come on the number one firewood podcast in the world and say you had awesome oak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what, though, Dan, you know, that is because I sell seasoned firewood. And I think a lot of firewood producers don't have no interest in doing it and don't care and would and i have seen you know the one guy called me he was real grouchy old man lovable but like a you know crotchety old man he was just furious because he just got ripped off on firewood he says this wood is flame retardant firewood he says i throw this log on my fire and it goes out so I took him a load of wood and I knew what I was going to see when I got up there, just big chunks of oak that was green. Like the tree was just cut down. And, you know, so there was a supplier that sold him green oak and it's irresponsible. Is it? If you are advertising seasoned firewood, I would say it is. Uh, but this probably should be a discussion for another episode because this could go on forever. Yeah. You know, I, about the role of a firewood supplier and what are you selling? You right. Know? I think we need to pin this and, and bring the, yeah, we need to come back with another episode on that because at some point you, you're hurting yourself and I think the overall industry, you know, it's just, it's like, can you imagine, you know, at some point in time, someone realized we need to have quality control over the food that we're selling, because yeah. if it's not, you know, if it's if it's spoiled, if it's rotten, if it's not good for someone to eat, we can't have it sold. So if you know firewood unseasoned, which potentially can be a problem for the customer, sure. yeah, not potentially know, it is. It is, yeah. So yeah. are 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 we hurting? Are we becoming our own? Worst enemies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's a it's a convoluted discussion awaiting us because serious, a guy who sells a one or two cords a year on Facebook for beer money, is he technically the industry? You yeah. Know? Well and he that's could what be. you know, how how are people <laughs> who sells firewood and who's buying it? And you know, is, is that guy that's selling green oak, the industry, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is a complicated matter. I would love to have this discussion and maybe we could, uh, table this. All right. For let me, our let next, me make a note here. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, I think we need to come back to this. And I think um, I think there might be some some pretty strong opinions out there. So Woodhounds, I'm calling on you right now. <laughs> so Before this we, means yeah. we're, we're not going to be talking about our favorite fast food restaurants next week then. Is that right? That is correct. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll, 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 but yeah, I, I think we table this. Um, I think this little episode has been good here because you always see those comments. Do you cover? Do you not? Should I tarp it? Should I not? No, no. Keep going. And <laughs> yeah. And how do you get great looking firewood to act as a snow fence? We've covered it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, um, let's do some research and let's try to have a coherent discussion then for our next episode. How about that? Yeah. And maybe we'll even, like you said, maybe we can track down some people in the industry and get some, um, I guess, other opinions. I still, I have no idea who, but I would love to find someone. It's got to be someone out there. There's got to be a college professor that's researched this you know, biomass, you know, with the new push for all this, there's got to be even like these stove companies, you know, that are making yeah. these uh, catalyst type stoves, you know, darn well, they understand the science behind all this and the type, you know, the, what seasoned and unseasoned wood does. So we need to do our research too and find some, but if there is a woodhound out there, that's got a contact for us, uh, do what you can and hook us up. We would like to, uh, Educate ourselves and then share everything we learn with you guys. I think the term is a SME, a subject matter expert. Yes. That's what we need. Yeah. You've spent <laughs> too much time in the corporate world, Dan. You're <laughs> giving me flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, All right. To, well, you're going to have to go truncate your fiduciary account now. <laughs> we'll cover this tomorrow at stand up in the huddle. <laughs> <laughs> for a cascade session yes. God. that's not silo things here <laughs> yeah i have already concluded about 99 percent of the people i used to work with would never make it in the firewood industry <laughs> would not yep. yep all right all right dan well let's strike up the band and let's head on out sounds good thanks everyone thanks woodhounds for tuning in to the number one firewood podcast in the world the Woodhounds, right here on your favorite podcasting platform. That's right. And I want everyone to stay cool and be safe <laughs> and have a great day. Great day.